Welcome to ITB's Travel Hero podcast. I am again your host, Charlotte Lamb Davies, with management consultancy A Bright Approach. Today, we are delighted to welcome Stephen Dutton, who's client insights research manager at Euromonitor. Euromonitor International is the world's leading independent provider of strategic and global market research. It has 16 offices worldwide and Euromonitor conducts in-depth analysis on consumer goods and service industries in more than 210 countries. Travel is one of the 40 industries with Euromonitor International covers. And Stephen, this is not your first ITB participation. So uh, tell us why you think that we've asked you back. Yeah, well, um, thanks a lot, Charlotte, for that introduction. And um, thanks to ITB for, for having me back. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be back. Uh, I really enjoy these types of conversations and the chance to talk um, about what we're researching. And uh, one of those topics is, of course, blended travel. Um, and I think the reason I've been asked back is just because blended travel has become not only this huge sort of post-pandemic opportunity, but because we're, we're trying to kind of, um, you know, show a spotlight or cast a spotlight on, on the topic and how it's connected to uh, sustainable travel um, in the context of sort of building back better uh, in the travel rebound after the pandemic. And because it's so positive, because this message is, is so good, I think for the long-term benefits of travel building back into something more sustainable, um, it's become very, very exciting. And so this is building on some research that we did. Uh, we published a report on this, really first looking at um, where pleasure stood. Pleasure is this older term that we've been using and now it's become blended travel, but looking at what pleasure was, what blended travel now is, trying to navigate what blended travel is uh, in that report about that we published about a year ago. Um, but but then as we were sort of, you know, we were asked to come to ITB and present in March and I had the pleasure of, of doing a keynote presentation on, on blended travel uh, in the future work track at, at ITB in Berlin. And you know, when we were kind of putting together the materials for that, we realized that there's a bigger story here, actually, uh, again, connecting these developments with the sustainable travel rebound. And because that's sort of the sweet spot, I think everybody wants to know about how travel is building it back better. How can we make travel more sustainable you know, in the post-pandemic context? Um, it's become very exciting. So I think, you know, again, putting a spotlight on that development and, and trying to promote it. And, uh, and I think that's why I've been asked back. <laughs> it is indeed. And uh, I must say that it was a very, very popular session back at ICB Berlin. So all of the research that was aiding you to actually uh, hold your keynote was, was very, very well received. So we once again thank you for your time back in March. And indeed, today is, if anybody is in any doubt, all about blended travel. So I'm very excited to dive a little bit deeper into this uh, very important topic. And um, let's further just set the scene a little bit, because just to ensure Sure. that we're all speaking the same language. Um, you mentioned the word pleasure, and I actually thought it was called pleasure until relatively recently. The whole thing just went into that pot for me. But luckily, chat GPT has kind of helped me a little. But actually, would you mind telling us, uh, sort of in your words, what the difference really between pleasure and blended travel is? Sure, um, absolutely. And so this is, this is again, I think that was the, the initial interest that we had in, in producing a new report on this topic as because pleasure as an opportunity isn't really what it used to be anymore. And we realized now there is a preferred term in blended travel. And so we wanted to navigate 
those differences. Um, so Blazure, if we think about what Blazure really was, um, it was built on a model that where it really existed in the pre-pandemic context. So the old sort of travel system as we knew it before the pandemic changed everything. So Blazure is effectively that opportunity was effectively looking to find incremental moments of leisure on the back end of a traditional business trip. So obviously, you know, the business trips in the classic sense were very predictable. There were lots of them. It was a very robust um, way to travel. And so to find ways to find growth in, in the industry, to to eke out sort of incremental value in the travel space, leisure was interesting because, you know, you mm -hmm. could tack on a couple of extra days on a business trip for leisure purposes. And that's a way, again, to to kind of grow the pot, to, to increase the, the spend per trip, et cetera. Um, but as you know, you know, the pandemic arrived. Um, that really changed everything. Um, but what it really had a, a really strong and permanent impact on is that sort of classic business trip. You know, business trips are happening. They're, they're coming back to some extent, but nowhere near the numbers of what, what it looked yes. like in 2019. And there are a lot of reasons for that. I mean, you know, the nature of the way we work has changed dramatically um, since since 2019, since before the pandemic. And the need to travel for business just isn't there in the same way it used to be. So, that's what blended travel sort of comes into play. That that sort of leisure model doesn't exist. I mean, it does exist, but not to the same extent that it does. Instead, in its wake, we're seeing in a post-pandemic context, an emerging sort of array of opportunities to, to really change the way people blur the lines between work and leisure in the context of a trip. So if leisure was really incremental moments of leisure on a business trip, now I think people are looking to, to, you know, looking to leisure as a more primary motivator for taking a trip, but they're using business in the background as a means to facilitate it. So it's really shifting the sort of motivation from business first to rather leisure first, and then finding different ways to to leverage business uh, to make that happen. And that's that's possible because of all the greater, you know, levels of flex flexibility that we now have in the workplace. So that's the key difference. Okay, and I know we're, we're going to uh, also during our chat uh, get get on to sort of the sustainability issues as well. But mm. give us some concrete examples of, of blended travel for our audience, possibly. Sure. So there there are an emerging sort of spectrum of opportunities, and we're we're looking at all the different channels that a consumer or a traveler might have to to do blended travel. Um, on the one hand, as I mentioned, we do still have classic pleasure, uh, but pleasure is just one one sort of element of this. So again, people are still traveling for business, um, even if it's less often, and they still want to tack on some extra time to do leisure. So that's still happening. Um, but on top of that, you know, you also have all kinds of different things. So we're looking at, you know, digital nomads and freelance workers in the classic sense who have sort of in inherent flexibility in their, their, their jobs and the way they work. And so looking at capturing that audience. Um, we're also looking at the workplace in general, all of the different benefits that have emerged in the wake of the pandemic. So work from anywhere um, sort of as a as a working benefit has has, you know, grown rapidly. Um, so looking looking to use those days to work wherever you can and wherever you want to. And that's that's a new flexibility that's emerged. Um, workations is another buzzy term that's come out, um, but it's yeah. it's effectively travel operators looking to create and target you know, consumers on on a package of, of solutions to to work um, and on a on a trip uh, and do blended travel. 
we're looking at work from home too and all the the opportunities to just travel locally um i think that's kind of an interesting idea too um and finally corporate retreats has become kind of an interesting example so you have all of these companies worldwide um who have created more flexibility whether it's working from home options or it's you know they're often classing a wider net and hiring from not just within their own cities now but hiring permanent remote workers because it's oh. it can be better for the dynamics of their business to hire you know from from outside their city um, but that means there's also a need to bring them together from time to time. So a business might, you know, send everybody together to a destination for a week and run some sort of induction trainings maybe, or they might do some annual gathering of some sort. And then you can imagine all of the way, different ways that people will be able to blur the lines of, of, you know, work and leisure on that trip. So these are the kinds of opportunities that we're looking at in that, that broader spectrum. And we can probably safely say here that, that a lot of these opportunities have come about on the back of the terrible pandemic but in actual fact it's opened up you know new opportunities and new conversations around how we live our lives and fit you know fit work and privacy together and actually get possibly a, a better balance um have you taken a sort of a blended trip and if so any anecdotes pain points <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely, I, I think so. Just to give you an example, um, my own company, Euromonitor, um, in the wake of the pandemic, has also gotten more flexible than we used to be. Um, so two two new benefits that we have as employees now includes the ability to work from home more often. Um, that's not a surprise. I think a lot of companies are doing that. Um, but the other big benefit, and that's more interesting here, is the idea of of work from anywhere days. That's what I was saying before, uh, which means that we have 15 working days where we can work and in theory, anywhere in the world for those days. And it's as if we were working from the office. Um, so for someone like me, I think that's really attractive uh, in one way because I, so I'm from the US, but I live in Germany. So when I, you know, take my vacation days, often that means I'm going home to visit my family and friends in Boston where I'm from. And so yes. now, so when I had to do that before the pandemic, you know, I might have one or two weeks of vacation days that I could squeeze out for that purpose. And then I would have a shorter trip designed in order to, to visit friends and family. Um, but now, because I have this greater flexibility in the way I work, you know, remotely, um, that one or two week trip has become a three to four week trip. And so I'm able to stay now in the Boston area, see all my friends and family, and that's really wonderful and spend some a more meaningful time with them. But additionally, I can also take, you know, smaller trips from there. So using it as a launch pad to take a long weekend in Cape Cod or go to northern New England to the mountains or something like that. And those are incremental opportunities, too. So this has changed the way that I approach, you know, my own vacations as I used to as well um, into something that that is actually better for travel. So the you know, I'm spending more in the destination you know, naturally, I'm spending more time in that destination. Naturally, these are really good things for the destination themselves. Um, that's just one. I mean, that's my experience. It's not yeah. it's not so unique, actually. But if you think about, you know, that that's not a drastic change, except for the flexibility that I have and the time I'm able to spend on that trip. But I have colleagues now leveraging their 15 work from anywhere days and in, in all kinds of different ways. I have a colleague who booked a trip to south to the south south of France. Um, they're going to go for a week and just simply work there uh, during the day, take hikes in the evening go to the beach in the morning. I mean, that's what a wonderful way to spend your week. And uh, so, 
there's lots of different things there. Yeah, and I'm very sure that the, the, the benefits are not necessarily that obvious, or you might not even be able to sit and write yeah. a big report about it. But the benefits of actually giving your employers, you know, these 15 days of working yeah. from wherever, whether it's spending more time with their parents from where they're uh, at home, but, you know, it's just that little bit of extra time, it's that little bit of extra luxury that you have an extra few evenings, although you are working during the day. I know now I know that I've done blended travel because as sure. some know, I'm from Denmark and my family is in Denmark and now I add on extra time when I go back because if I have a computer and I have internet, you know, my consultancy is thriving. So yeah. again, there's no urgency of coming back at a particular time and you mix the two. I, I absolutely love it. And um, great, great for people to also understand the differences here. Sorry, so just what you mentioned pain points too, though. I, I think it's important to highlight that because, you know, when we talk about, you know, going home to our families, that's a place that we know is probably well set up for our ability to work from there. But for other colleagues who are trying to find a place, you know, new to travel to, they are trying to navigate whether they're even able to work from that that place yes. that they booked or not. And that's not always easy. And I think this is where we have a long ways to go in terms of pain points that, that does exist. So the more that, you know, a travel operator can do to highlight those benefits, the better to help the consumer navigate those options and decide is this even feasible or not. Exactly. And that's maybe the word, because if you have an opportunity to actually explore a little bit before signing any contracts, you will be much more likely to find, you know, the right destination for you if indeed that you are looking actually to work from from somewhere new. Um, can we talk a little bit about equitable in-destination spending? Because now we've both touched on it sort of in the periphery. Sure. Uh, but really sort of, you know, how is this all a part of, of more sustainable? We can kind of work it out, but let's talk about how this is part of, of sustainable travel. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the exciting bit, I think, that, you know, again, we talked about these new developments and new opportunities, and that's exciting on for, you know, it's for its own sake. But now we're making a connection with a model that is working towards something that is more durable, more sustainable, and as you said, more equitable um, in terms of the spending going into a destination. And so what we realized that all of these different emerging opportunities, there is a sort of profile that we can create now about the kind of consumer, the kind of traveler doing blended travel. Um, yeah. And these are all sort of factors that tend to be really attractive for a destination. So, for example, um, travelers who do blended travel tend to be more digitally savvy and they tend to be higher income earners simply on the basis of their flexibility and their the nature of their jobs. So obviously, if you can work remotely from your computer, that means you probably have, you know, that, that savviness and you are probably you know, working for a company with higher pay, et cetera. Um, so that allows you to then have more flexibility in the way you spend in the destination. But other interesting things have emerged too. So the idea that, again, if your motivation isn't driven by the need to travel for business, but rather your own desires for, for leisure, then um, you're, that, does, that means you don't have to travel at any one specific time, but rather you can travel at any time, whatever works for you necessarily. So in, we're moving away from the bottlenecks then that are created by these this old pattern of, of traditional business um, trips. And so we're creating you know, more off-season trips and more off-season opportunities. That's really good to diversify and ease that sort of bottleneck of travel flows. Mm -hmm. We're also looking at more diverse destinations too and, and working away from over-tourism. So you can go anywhere. You don't have to go to a specific city or a specific destination when 
you're doing this kind of blended travel. Um, and, and again, because we're thinking about the motivation side of it, you know, we're looking at, you know, travelers who are who are more motivated to travel in a better way, let's say. So they're more driven by their own values. They, they want to go to a place because, you know, they're, they're driven by the experience of that, that new, that, 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 that new experience of traveling there. Yeah. Um, they're looking to do experiences themselves. They're effectively living like locals wherever they're going to go. So if you, yeah. so in my, my instance, if I'm traveling to three or four weeks, effectively I'm a local for those three or four weeks. That means I'm not just spending on tourism things. I'm also spending at the supermarket and I'm going to cafes and restaurants and I'm effectively living and I need access to all the same services that locals do too. So you can see how we're also thinking about this, not in terms of just just the oppor opportunity in travel, but really the destinations themselves really benefiting. You're seeing equitable spending opportunities across the spectrum of the way locals spend. And that's that's the footprint then of, of a blended traveler in that place. And so you know, hopefully I explained that clearly, but you can see the benefits, I think. Yeah, and rather than the sort of quick in, quick out, exactly. uh, you're, you're, you're actually contributing something to the to the actual economy that you're visiting. Right. Um, what, um, should we talk a little bit about the destinations themselves? Because you just touched on that. What are they doing specifically, do you think, at the minute to attract the, the, the new blended traveler? Well, at the at the time that we presented, I would say at ITV in March, one of the talking points was that there is there's a lot happening, but if we look at the bigger picture, there's still a lot a lot of there's still way more to go. Let's say, so there is still a lot of um, thinking about what blended travel even is. You know, how do we promote this as a destination? Is this good for me as a destination, etc.? So we're making the case that it is and that it should be promoted. Um, so I think that's maybe point one is that destinations still have a long way to go. Um, before we're really able to kind of um, get in on that and, and move forward as with blended travel as an opportunity. Um, but as you, as you said, there are, you know, things happening. Um, I think blended travel, um, again, if it's very attractive for a destination, um, there's lots of things that they can do to get up and running. That's, and that includes things like um, maybe the regulation side, maybe you're incentivizing yeah. people to come to your 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 destination, your city, your country, um, to make mm -hmm. that that easier for them. Maybe that includes working visas. That can be a tricky thing to navigate, yeah. Um, but you can make that easier, specifically within the blended travel context. Um, it means also working with your travel partners in the destination to have their offerings become more attractive to blended travel people as well. So as I said, you know, maybe the booking operators can do more to make that easier to navigate for for someone booking their trip. Uh, maybe that means the hotels are able to build more of that infrastructure into their offerings, maybe a, a second screen, you know, Wi-Fi, a proper place to sit and, and to work from just to make that more feasible uh, in the end. Um, so the, a lot of little things that, that can be done then to, to improve the attractiveness for blended travel. And then of course, then the next step is to, or maybe the first step is to layer that into the way you market yourselves as well. Um, and I think if you frame it within the context of this is also good for the local economy, this is also good for more sustainable travel behavior and a shift away from mass tourism, then what a great message that is. And I think you can, if you're a DMO, you can layer that into your, your the way you market yourself as, a, as an attractive place to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very sold on this, but I think I was I was already into the whole Belize thing. I always <laughs> added on extra days when I was on a business trip because I was just simply <laughs> so excited to always get to know a destination a little bit more than just from a conference center, basically. Yeah. Uh, but but hopefully this is getting a lot of a lot of travelers thinking about things in a, in a more sustainable 
sustainable way. Uh, it's it's sort of nearing a, a sort of a, a wrap up time, but I'm wondering. Uh, we, talk, we touched a little bit on the office, but almost not. Uh, what is the future of the office if there is such a thing? And, you know, I think I know the answer here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, does a return to the office actually mean um, a return of classic business travel, in your view? So, uh, to some extent, yes. Uh, but to another extent, no. I think I think we are seeing tra traditional business travel coming back, for sure, to some extent. But I don't think we're ever going to see it come to the extent that we saw it in 2019. There are many permanent changes that companies have made um, that just simply don't need to have so many business trips in the end. And that includes, you know, the, all of the, the sort of digital communication technologies that have proven to work now. And also it's hard to, once you've, you've layered in so much flexibility over so many years now, I don't think it's easy just to rein it back and to go right back to the way you operated as a business. And that might even just be because, as I mentioned before, you know, companies are hiring more you know, from diverse locations now, and then you just have a more diverse sort of profile as a company. So it's, I think it's impossible to go exactly back to, to where it was, and I don't think that's going to happen by any means. So to some extent, um, flexibility is here to stay, uh, whether it's it's to the same extent as it was you know, last year or this year. Um, but that means blended travel is here to stay too, because those those flexible options, you know, if they exist, you have consumers who spent years wanting to travel. You know, there's the pent up demand that is real and, and people want to get back out there yeah. and they're trying to find the right way to do it. And they realize that if they can blur the lines between the way they work and the way they want to travel, then it's much easier for them. So I, I think the, the sort of outlook for blended travel is quite good. And um, yeah, I think it's a big opportunity. I would, uh, I would absolutely have to agree. And of course, you know, the next generations keep coming through, right? And they right. will have a very specific idea of how they want to mix work and pleasure. Um, it's been, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure chatting uh, with with you today. We uh, we're nearly out of time, so I think this sort of brings us to a conclusion on this month's uh, podcast. I, what I really hope is that all of our listeners will soon have some tales to tell of blended travel and that it is in some way really going to help us with our carbon footprints. We, we do have to be uh, much more considerate when it comes to, to our, our travel. And Stephen, once again, it has been an absolute pleasure. You were a true podcast hero. So thanks for, for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. Uh, I should say that Stephen has also written an article or is about to write an article on the topic. And we will certainly be publishing this in the coming weeks on the ITB website. So please, if you could take a few minutes and dive into the subject a little deeper uh, to further educate yourself, we think you might not regret it. So it remains for me to thank our audience, as always, for listening. You can also find um, uh, many more Travel Hero podcasts on the ITB website. And please don't forget to tune in next month where we will have a look at the LGBT uh, communities and how they are carving out new opportunities in travel. So it remains for me to once again say thank you, Stephen. Yes, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Stay great. And to everyone else, stay well and stay tuned.